In today's episode, my amazing guest Tosin and I discuss the importance of liking yourself and the importance of being practical with your money in business. Tosin is a professional accountant with over 10 years of experience spanning across accounting, auditing, financial management, and taxation. She is the founder and CEO of Money Africa, which is an edtech platform that enhances financial literacy and investments by leveraging technology. Money Africa has a community of over 200,000 people. Tosin is also a Washington Mandela Fellow and a LinkedIn top voice in finance and economy. She has been recognized as one of the top 50 Africa business heroes and is championing the financial literacy movement on the African continent. Let's get into this week's episode. Hello and welcome to the Open Door Conversations podcast. My name is Ikria Nyame Mensa. I also respond to Aqua and Akua. I'm a certified executive and leadership coach, recognized learning and organizational development facilitator, speaker, and former startup executive. And I am so excited because this year I'm celebrating five years of working for myself, five years of supporting leaders. And I am so grateful because I've had the opportunity to partner with amazing organizations from high growth startups to multinational brands all around the world. In 2022 alone, I served over 600, yes, over 600 leaders around the world. And in this podcast, you will have the opportunity to learn my three-step leadership framework. I actually break it down in episode 71. I use this framework with my high achieving and entrepreneurial minded clients that are juggling a million responsibilities so they can easily build wealth. This three-step framework is going to teach you how to leverage your innate personality to learn how to prioritize and maximize not just your time, but also your money. You don't have to work harder or turn into someone else to get more done. Let's tune into this week's episode. Hello and a welcome to today's Open Door Conversations podcast episode. I am so excited about today's guest. We have an amazing woman um, who's been involved in tackling financial literacy, and I am so excited to have the opportunity to connect with her and share her story on today's podcast episode. Tosin, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. I'm really excited to be here and, you know, I look forward to this conversation. Happy New Year once more. So Tosin and I actually met in a really interesting way. I believe we met on a radio show randomly um, while I was living in Lagos. I remember vividly. It was quite interesting. <laughs> we had we had some, some fun conversations and some fun questions um, from, from listeners. Yes, we did. It was quite an interesting time. Yes. So to start us off, I would love to share some of the things I know that you're really proud of. And I think, you know, being comfortable with sharing your strengths, understanding your value, right? And the value you provide is really key. So I'd love for us to sort of start off with some of the things that you shared with me earlier on that you're so proud of. Um, this first one on here, I think is absolutely incredible. So congratulations. So the first one that you shared was building a 20 minute team across two companies. And then you shared the story of having this meeting um, where you got 
to see everyone. And what I loved most about what you shared actually is that you've never missed a salary, which I think is incredible. You've built these amazing businesses. Can you tell us a little bit about these two companies you have? So we built two companies. We started first with Money Africa, which is our ed tech company. We're basically educating people about money. Now on this journey, once we started educating people, the next thing was people would say, oh, Tosin, you know, we want to invest. How do we invest? Where do we invest? And then we built Ladder. Ladder was our fintech platform where we then help people invest, you know, savings, funds, and just basically every other kind of fund out there. So Money Africa is our edtech, our education technology platform, while Lada is our fintech, our financial technology platform. Amazing. And the second accomplishment, I think, is such a great segue, actually, to talking a little bit more about the amazing impact that you've had and your companies have had, is that the Nigerian Stock Exchange gave you an award for financial inclusion. What did that feel like? It felt really good, you know, and they called us on stage and we're given that award for financial inclusion and financial education, which is our primary work, just basically educating people about is a reminder that our work is important and that there's room to even do more. So I loved, loved, loved it. And I was very excited that, you know, Money Africa was able to win that award. Incredible. And this last one I have on here is you shared that you like who you are and you've really enjoyed the journey so far, which I think is so incredible. Maybe we should do this next. I should give you an opportunity to actually properly introduce yourself. So who is Tosin and what does she do? So Tosin is uh, a passionate person, right? Wanting to live a purposeful life. I initially struggled with my money and I had to figure it out myself. And once I did, I wanted to share the gospel with other people, just basically learning and improving my skills about money and sharing that with a lot of people. So we've leveraged on technology to be able to build out this company where we've reached over 500,000 to 1 million people about financial literacy and retail investment. Now, you know, coming back to you saying, you know, one of the achievements is just realizing that, you know, I'm actually, I like myself and I'm, I'm glad of this journey that we've come so far. As an entrepreneur, you know how hard it is to, you know, sometimes you get notes, sometimes things work out. It could be really, really hard. And just being able to go through that process, go through that journey and, you know, wake up, pick yourself in the mirror and be like, you know, what, I'm proud. And, you know, I like this person that I see. And it's a journey of constant growth. And I do not take that for granted. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing it. And I think for so many people listening to this, they would love to learn a little bit more about how you've changed. You know, Tosin before starting one of her businesses to Tosin now. What do you think are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned about yourself and maybe even what you've learned about business? Okay. I, I, I'm, <laughs> no one has ever asked me that question. And thank you for asking. You're so welcome. <laughs> That also makes me go into, you know, thoughts. You know, prior to building Money Africa and Ladder, um, I've always been a finance person. I've worked at CNBC Africa, Bloomberg, TV Africa, and British America Tobacco as a commercial finance manager. So over those years, you know, I think then my big goals were, you know, wanting to climb the ladder and just make, wanting to go to the next, you know, level and also delivering at work. You know, it feels good to be a part of something that you they can feel your impact, they can see the good work you've been doing. Mm-hmm. And now, an entrepreneur like it's a whole different ball game together because even when I was at work I mean the worst case scenario is let's say you're really really like you know it would be like maybe you wouldn't have a job anymore but you know that every 30 you know you're going to get paid but now you're responsible for other people mm-hmm. right and now nobody and prior to starting Money Africa and Ladder I never had any experience as a CEO right so you're also learning on the job 
you're being vulnerable. Basically, I remember one of our meetings and I was telling them, I need your help. You know, this is my core strength. These are the strengths that are not mine. Mm-hmm. We hired you for those and I actually really do need your help. So that vulnerability, learning more, you know, be empathy as well. So it's constant learning and then lots of learnings, to be honest. And um, it's quite, it's been quite some growth. And also I'm, I've seen that I'm also able to leverage on the experiences I had, you know, prior to building the company. So really um, it's been, somebody said something that no experience is ever lost, that we're able to then compound on it and make the most out of it. So it's just been really a, a, a series of continuous journey that I'm really grateful for. I love so much of what you've shared. Uh, And once again, I think a lot of what you shared will resonate with a lot of the listeners as well. Recognizing that you can learn while doing, we don't have to know all the answers. And I think for so many of us, when we think of ourselves as leaders or we start our entrepreneurial journey, we think we have to have all the answers or that we have to come across a certain way. Absolutely. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you spend your time, right? So you mentioned you have these two different businesses. How do you split your time between the two of them? And how do you decide on what makes the most sense for where you spend your energy? Fantastic. That's a very good one. So, you know, when we're speaking to investors, they also ask us this question a, a lot. Okay. And I, and I think this, this is what worked for us. Uh, we spent, I mean, Lada is relatively young. She's about 18 months old, right? But in the beginning, Money Africa was all we had. So we had built that brand, built that strong brand. So, I mean, if you're asking for financial literacy in Nigeria, you would definitely hear, you know, Money Africa being mentioned. So we had put in so much energy building that. So because we had that strong base, yeah, it's then easier to be able to, you know, build the other arm of the business. So in terms of allocation of time, Money Africa has a relatively strong team. You know, we have a process and all of that. I mean, in the bit of also not sharing too much in the spirit of being vulnerable, you know, there was a time that I was not feeling well and the business ran, right? Yes. So that just we are putting structure in place and the business can actually run, you know, without me being there, you know, 24-7 amongst others. So in terms of time allocation, because that system for Money Africa is strong and it's been there longer, right? So you're you're most likely going to see like a 60-40 or sometimes even a 50-50 play in ladder because now you're fleshing it out. You want to distribute, you're building out the motors amongst others. And also again, team, team, team. So we always ensure that we get a team right so that we nobody, not, none of the businesses suffer. So yeah, and rather you're seeing it more as a strength, like, you know, how does one complement the other and how does the other complement? So basically working more as a strength as opposed to each suffering that the other one exists. So yeah. Incredible. And I'm curious, how did you find out what your strengths were and who you needed to complement you on the team? Okay, so I think it was more about brutal honesty. You mm-hmm. know, after a very while as well, you start to see like I'm a natural marketer, I'm a natural um speaking about the work, you know, also having the knowledge, right? So if you wake me up in the middle of the night, I can literally write a book about financial literacy. Like it's 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 I'm comfortable, it's it's a very strong core. Now, I did not go to school to learn about technology. I don't know much about it. Of course, my knowledge now compared to when I started is better, but still, you know, technology is not my strong, um, it's not my strong suite. So you have to be able to put someone there. Also, in terms of operations as well, because now my primary job is to ensuring that we're always liquid, there's cash flow, mm-hmm. the business is run, you know, all of that. So you also want to put somebody else as well in the ops to ensure that the business also, do all the operations are running smoothly. 
So as time goes on, you're able to see, especially as you get bigger, you're able to see where the gaps are, where do we need to fill. And just being brutally honest, because if you don't fill up those gaps, the business will suffer. You stagnate, you wouldn't grow, and you know you can't even just go for the 10-year horizon. So it's either you keep quiet and you let the gaps be there, or you open your mouth and do your, wear your big girl pants, fill up the gaps, and then see growth. So yeah. <laughs> I love that. So all you leaders listening to this that are resisting getting the support that you need, that you deserve, right? Especially if you're looking to build a business that outlasts you, right? Where when you're sick runs like Tosin's business, it's important that you put your big girl pants on, like Tosin said, and get real with yourself, right? And recognize you can't do it yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> so one of the reasons why I initially reached out was because of your amazing perspective and experience talking about ethics issues, inflation, and you create a lot of amazing thought leadership around this as well. What have you kept in mind about the current economic systems, uh, the current economic issues, and what should other founders and leaders keep in mind? So I know that I remember like earlier in the year, no, sorry, late last year, I was speaking with BBC and he spoke about how um, the U.S. market is seeing a decline in investments uh, compared to Nigeria and other African countries. And I was like, you know, we can't compare both parties, right? Mm-hmm. Like, let's look at, for example, in my field, and I'm talking about fintech, edtech, and things like that. It's relatively young, right? The businesses there are about six years old. If you look at the U.S., gosh, those guys, you see some companies that are fintechs, 25 years, 50, like they are, the market is more matured compared to ours, right? So even though it might look like we're still seeing a rise in investment money flowing in, if you look at them in terms of nominal numbers, they are incomparable, right? So we shouldn't look at just percentages. Now, taking you back to the economic situation, right? In as much as I'm trying not to be overly optimistic, mm-hmm. Nigeria is a young country. Whether you like it or not, even if you distribute condoms to everybody, they will still continue to prefer. <laughs> yeah. Need for education. They will need to eat. They will need health care. Right? Those kids that they've given birth to will have to survive, you know. So they will need to eat. They will need health care. They will need for education. Right? So what we need now is we need sound leadership, right? So you know, you know that's for us to channel all of that growth. And we're able to say compounded in the long run, right? Um, you're also saying that I know that we've seen a drop in investments in Nigeria. We see a couple of other African countries as well struggling. So I would not be too focused on those peaks, right? I am more for what could happen in the next 10 years and how can we get there? What could happen in the next 20 years and how can we get there? Mm-hmm. So we need that to stay us in the right direction. So very aggressive about things like policies, because in as much as you can preach from now to, ne- to, the, to next year, I can't change the inflation rate. I can't change the exchange, you know, dollar to the dollar, even to Ghanaian cities to the dollar's exchange rate, but we need leadership, right? So the future can be bright depending on what we put in now, right? So very, very aggressive about the fact that the future, that the possibility of it being bright is there. We just need to make all the right investments and have leadership. So um, the inflation and the rest of that, you know, just basically how do we stay that ship now to ensure that it's steady in the in the future? Yeah, I'm, I'm betting long term on Africa. We all just need the leadership to actually take us there. Amazing. And then in terms of what business owners themselves can do during this current economic crisis, or maybe crisis isn't the right word, climate, I think is a better word. Any, yeah. any advice or thoughts? You have to be very practical with cash flow, right? So back in the days when we're seeing lots and lots of investment coming, people mm-hmm. could actually play in the sense that sometimes 
lots of people were running businesses that did not have unit economics. So unit economics means that based on the numbers, they were not making a profit on average or even breaking even per user, right? So it's almost as though, let me give you an example. Let's mm-hmm. say I have a product worth 20,000 naira, but because I want to get users, that the cost is 20,000 naira, but because I want to get users, I'm giving it to that user at 18,000 naira. So technically I'm paying that user to even have that product. So they were, even if the user were to go elsewhere, they wouldn't have gotten that product at 18,000. So I'm literally paying them to actually have it. So I'm not breaking even, I'm not making a profit. So lots of tech companies usually used to do that because they want to play long-term play and acquire users. But based on what's happening now with the economy, there's also seen a downflow of you know foreign investment coming. Everybody now needs to sit up and actually go for businesses that will break even that you're actually building a profitable business, that you are more intentional of actually seeing cash and building a profitable business. So everybody just needs to look inward, you know, what can we build? What can we sell that is cash flow driven? This morning I woke up, I don't want to mention names. Um, there's somebody in their 80s that their birthday, they, they own one of the biggest, um, they own a very big name FMCG products. Okay. I was just looking at the basic products, like regular things like lotion, plastic, cups, things that people, People actually use profitable businesses and, you know, that they've been in the market for such a long time. So you're actually looking, even in terms of tech, what are people actually using that they will pay for, you know, that actually the unit economics makes sense, that we are actually on track to build a profitable business. And that's what, you know, a lot of um, business owners need to start looking at, especially during this time, because we don't know, you know, how long this is going to go on for. And you need to, for you to continue to be in business, you need to actually be making some kind of money. So, yeah. I love that. Yeah. So a huge part is about sort of shifting those expectations and being very practical, right? So really trying to drive money now as opposed to waiting for money later. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And I mentioned this earlier on, but I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you create time to share your thoughts, how you you know create time to teach and share a little bit about your life on social media because you are a thought leader, right? You have amazing people who follow you. So I'd love to hear a little bit about how you're able to create time for that. I think it's also, I think personality could also come into play then. I genuinely love to share. So prior to being Money Africa and things like that, I was looking back at my Twitter about 10 years ago, even though there were not much people reading it. (laughs) (laughs) So my personality is coming through there sort of as a strength right that I genuinely want to share it's almost as though when I see something remarkable I want to share it mm-hmm. and I want to share my oh this is happening what do you think also you must remember that whenever you share or you love to share your thoughts there is also room for error in the sense that you will not always get it right there are sometimes you might be off so many a time people sometimes keep to themselves because they don't want to also be wrong right they could be so I think that it's, it's a numbers game you just want to be right more times than you are wrong so just being vulnerable knowing that there are some times that you take you know, might be wrong, you know, and be open to that. And, you know, so how do I create time for this? I naturally want to share on Twitter anyways. Mm-hmm. So when I see a particular tweet is making sense, I just, I just repurpose it. Sometimes I could even get somebody on my team to prompt me, you know, to do that. And for our longer newsletters and things like that, we have a team that share that. So whenever I write personally on my LinkedIn, yes, that's me. And I'm tweeting on my Twitter, that's me. But lots of other work, social media channels, you know, we have somebody on the team that is then repurposing and, you know, sharing it on different platforms as well. So, yes. Yeah, so in summary, 
my natural strength of wanting to actually share. And number two, sometimes I get somebody on the team to prompt me that, you know, this has done really well. Do you want to share it on other platforms? And then we go ahead and do that. I love it. So really being connected to, I think once again, this purpose you have, right? Really connected to the why it's important to you and then using your team to sort of reinforce that and help you stay on track. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, the last, I think, questions I have for you, the first one I have on here, and this I think relates to the work that you've done around money and around finances, what is one piece of advice you would give to another business owner right now in relation to to money and finances in general? Um, you know, based even on your own experience, you mentioned that you sort of started somewhere and now, you know, you've made strides. What advice would you leave um, for, for leaders maybe that that find it difficult to deal with their own finances or even look at the finances of their business or department? Yeah, I mean, that's a good one. I think one thing that we've always done is carrying everybody along, right? Um, if I could do it alone, there's no point getting them on. Put it on the paper, like, how are we going to get here? This is where we want to go to. How do we get there, right? Knowing that another thing that we're also learning, again, like I said, learning, um, that when when ideas fail or when something fails, you know, you don't want to pinpoint the person on the team and just, you know, make them bear that burden alone. We want people to be able to experiment, right? I know that some will fail, some will succeed, right? And also, it's also always nice to have just a little bit of, uh, what do they call that thing? A little show so that you're not under pressure. Now, okay. I know that others can do it, but I prefer knowing that, you know, we have a, there's a technical word like for a it, buffer? a runway. Yes, yes, yes. There's a buffer and a runway. Like, it gives me comfort. There are other founders that, you know, sometimes they don't have a two-month runway or, and that's fine, but each to its own. I don't work like that. I want to have a decent, um, a decent runway. It sort of gives me internal peace and also helps come up with good ideas as to, you know, how do we extend those runways? What do we do? Bring everybody on board. We're all trying to, I mean, at the end of the day, we all succeed. We all get a bonus, mm-hmm. get increases. Everybody see how they also become the winner, right? So when they win, we win, everybody wins, then, you know, we're carrying everybody along on that journey. Yeah. And also, it's also very interesting to reiterate this, that it's possible to do all the right things that sometimes the market is just not ready for that product. And then you have to pivot and, you know, try something else. Yes. And now I see why you've never missed salary. Yes. (laughs) Such great pieces of advice. So with my last question, I'd love to know what's next for you, Tosin. What are you excited about this year? excited about growth, right? I want us to go to the next level. Um, Every time people talk about, we educate adults about money, they're like, oh my gosh, I wish I learned earlier. I wish when I was a kid. I mean, we used to always have boot camps for children during the summer holiday, but we're not taking it to the next level, but we are building an app out for them and they can actually get educated on that app, you know, do all really nice things for children. That's what we're currently working on. We are hoping that it's going to get launched next month and we can put it in the hands of children. So that's a very big deal for us. Also, we want to experiment or we want to explore. We call ourselves Money Africa. We share news about other African countries now and then, but we could we could get a bit more intense, you know, about sharing those news as well. So those are the two big things that we're very excited about. And also for Lada to also have a deeper reach. I mean, it's it's an exciting year. I feel so much energy. Our team is energetic. You know, we're very positive about this year. And we're hoping that by December, um, we'll be kicking and ticking all our goals. So yeah. Very excited. I look forward to seeing all of it. And, you know, I already follow you. So I'm looking forward to being able to celebrate you on your journey this year. How can people find out more about what you do and more about your businesses? 
All right. So you can find us on social media. It's Money Africa on Instagram and Lada. It's Money Africa and Lada on um, LinkedIn as well. For Twitter, it's the T-H-E, Money Africa. Lada is always Lada. Lada is spelled L-A-D-D-A. So we are across Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and our response rate is very fast, if I say so myself. So please reach out. I want to connect with you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tosin, for your time, for your energy, and for your amazing thoughts. Thank you very much. I'm grateful. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Please share this episode with someone who can benefit from its contents. If you found this episode helpful, I want to ask you to leave a review. This makes it easier for other people to find my podcast and also allows me to bring on even bigger guests and even more fascinating stories. Thank you so much for listening again. Stay safe and stay sane.